It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of the Ag Ship, credentialed coverage of Utah State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, straight to your inbox for six or ten dollars a month. Um, you know where to go: www.theagship.com at the Ag Ship on Twitter for more information on what I do in the written form. For more information on what your subscription would actually get you, if you are already subscribed, thank you very much for your support. Um, football season rounding up here within the next couple of weeks, but basketball season is in full swing. I just put up my women's basketball season preview uh, today as I record this on Friday, so yesterday as you listen to this. Uh, you can go check that out completely free, 4,000 words on everything that you would need to know about this year's women's basketball team. I will have a similar story coming for the men's team within the next couple of days, obviously, because the season starts very soon. I believe it's Monday that the season starts for both teams. It's going to be a busy day for me. Um, I am not here today, however, to talk about basketball. I'm here to talk about football. We're back with another preview show ahead of Utah State's matchup return from the bye week matchup against New Mexico at home. New Mexico, of course, 2-6, and six, led by third-year head coach I've just compl- Danny Gonzalez. I've just completely blanked his name. I've written it probably 30 times this week, just blanked his name. Third-year head coach Danny Gonzalez. Um, I don't have his exact record off the top of my head. It's not great. It's not been good so far. Uh, this season has not been a significant change for New Mexico in a positive direction. It has been pretty much par for the course. Uh, He has had a rough go of it. They've had a rough go of it for about a half decade now, a little more than a half decade now. They have not been to a bowl game in six seasons. It will be a streak that they're going to have trouble snapping, I think, moving forward. Not uh, Not a lot of things to be optimistic about, specifically on their offense. Their defense, of course, led by Former New Mexico and San Diego State head coach Rocky Long has more to talk about, but uh, the offense has been the issue for New Mexico, and that remains the case as they enter this matchup with Utah State. Um, Before I dive into the position-by-position preview, it probably bears mentioning the players for Utah State expected to play in this game. Not all of them, obviously, but the ones who have been injured, uh, who Utah State expects to have back. And at the top of that list, of course, is quarterback Cooper Lega, who Blake Anderson said if all things go according to plan, he's on pace, on track for uh, his return this week after missing the uh, previous two games, I suppose most of one game and then all of uh, the next game after suffering a concussion against Colorado State. He's had uh, nearly a month now to recover, and it seems like he is going to be able to go for this game. If not, I would expect that Levi Williams will be, but I don't think it's going to come to that. I mean, I think it's probably going to be Cooper Lega. Very big news for Utah State. He alters the way that the offense plays, obviously. Uh, also on the offense up front, Falapule Alo is expected to return. Uh, he has been kind of a stopgap wherever needed on the offensive line. He's spent time at left guard, trading off with Wade Meacham. He has played a little bit of center, not much. It's been largely, almost exclusively Chandler Dolphin. Um, he's done a little bit at right guard, filling in for Waylon Lapuaho. Uh, he plays wherever. He's an interior guy. You know who Falapule Alo is. Good to have him back as well for Utah State. Uh, rest of the offense seems to be in relatively good shape. Brock Lane is back at tight end, uh, has been practicing, is seemingly going to be ready to go. Alfred Edwards III is, by all accounts, healthy and ready to go. I think he played against Wyoming, but he has been 
shaken up for a little bit now, but it seems like he's going to be okay. Uh, defensively, Byron Vaughns is expected back. No other major injuries on the defensive line other than the ones already sustained. Um, MJ Tafisi is day-to-day, uh, according to Blake Anderson on Monday, uh, said that he would not have played if the game was the day prior on Sunday, assuming that that means he didn't practice on Sunday. Uh, he suffered a, a neck issue, a neck injury against Wyoming. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't have an update on his status beyond that. Just know that he's day to day. If he doesn't play, I would guess that Sione Moa will get the start in his place. Freshman Sione Moa, uh, with another freshman, Max Alford, probably rotating in as well. Um, out wide, we did not, uh, we did not get any update on Ajani Carter at cornerback. I am going to assume that he's not playing in this game. I'm going to assume that Ajani Carter's injury is longer term than just a couple of weeks, but I don't know. Uh, I would assume, however, like I said, that he is not going to go here and that it will be Andre Grayson and Michael Anyanwu as the starting cornerbacks with Xavion Steele and Jamie Nance playing as needed. Uh, I don't believe there are any other injury updates. Ike Larson against Wyoming wasn't wearing a brace. I don't know if I ever got the chance to mention that, but wasn't wearing a knee brace. So seems like he is on his way to full health after uh, that was not the case for uh, a while this season. It seemed like he was struggling with injuries. Um, no longer. He, he, no no brace. Looks like he was moving okay. I would expect that you will see more of him as he gets healthier because I think he is a hard guy to keep off the field for Utah State. I don't imagine that Ike Larson is somebody who they have any issue with giving as much play with with giving as much playing time as they can justify. Um, and if he's healthy, that number will go up for snaps. Um, as for the opponent here, New Mexico, I'll start offensively. It's the worst side of the team for them, but it's the order I do it in. So I'm going to start offensively and I'll start at quarterback where it seems Justin Holiday, sophomore Justin Holiday, is going to get the start. He did not start against Fresno State, but he did play almost the entirety of the game. He is taking over for Miles Kendrick, Kansas transfer, who started the first seven, eight games of the season before ceding the job to Holiday against Fresno State in a loss. Um, neither inspire a lot of confidence as passers, I would say. Uh, it just, the, the, the passing attack is one of the worst in college football. Uh, the rushing attack is top 100. It's not top 100 by much, but it is top 100. The passing attack, I want to say, is 126th in yards per game. It's like 114. It's not in, per, for yards per game, 114 yards per game. It's not good. The passing attack is not good. Um... That's not going to change with Justin Holiday. Certainly, it was Miles Kendrick is is not a very good passer, but Justin Holiday is not a serious change of pace on that front. He is also a runner. He's just a bigger, more physical runner, and somebody who seemingly has a little bit better of an understanding of how to make the reads that New Mexico would like him to be able to make for their proto triple option pistol spread whatever you want to call it it's, it's a pistol option basically that they have hinted at several times over the last couple of years they basically did it in 2020 in 2021 they reverted to it after starting quarterback terry wilson got hurt about seven games into the season they started doing it down the stretch you would have seen it last year when they played utah state um and this year it seems that they are 
going back to it. It's basically what they did against Fresno State. That is sort of the strength that Justin Holiday can offer is he can make those reads that Miles Kendrick can't really make. Kendrick is faster and smaller, but um, the expectation seems to be from within and from without that Holiday is going to get the start. He was listed alone as the starting quarterback this week. I think that preparation for them for either quarterback is pretty similar. I, 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 it's not the same, but pretty similar uh, for the, for those guys. The books are kind of out on them, which is just that, uh, yeah, they're probably going to run. They're probably going to run the ball a decent amount, and this is maybe not going to be a super uh, active afternoon for Utah State's cornerbacks, I would say. Uh, Holiday, I don't have a ton else to say about him. He's he's a pretty new face on the uh, on the scene. He was a JUCO guy last year. This is his first year with New Mexico. The Fresno State game was his first start, also his first real minutes. He didn't start, but his first full game, basically. I I, I think Miles Kendrick played like one snap, basically. It was it was not very much. Um, he looked okay, I guess. He looked competent in that game, competent relative to the rest of the team around him. Uh, Had a big rushing, I want to say it was a touchdown. I think it was a touchdown. He had a big rushing play, regardless of if it ended in the end zone or not. But um, big gain on the ground. They did a little bit more of that option stuff with him than they were doing with Kendrick. Uh, I would guess that you will see more of that this week, even than you did against Fresno State. If you, for uh, some reason also watched that game as I did. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I do it for a living. You, if you're not getting paid to watch New Mexico play, I would not, I would not recommend it. Um, I hardly, honestly, I can hardly recommend it if you are getting paid to do it. Uh, but he looked fine. There's reasons for optimism. He's a sophomore, good athlete, big body, like I said, 6'3", 200 pounds, physical downhill runner, all of the cliche things that you want to say about him. Um, you know, he, he, he could be okay. He could, he could be okay. That is what I would say. Uh, the most positive thing I could say about really anything on this offense is it might be okay. Um, out wide, you're not going to see any of these guys very often, but they do have three starting receivers starting with, uh, I think it's just Jordan Porter. I don't know. His name is spelled in a way that makes me think that it's pronounced Jordan. It's G-E-O-R-D-O-N. I would think that's Jordan. Uh, Jordan Porter, who is a transfer from Arizona State, senior. He's sort of the deep threat for the team. If you think back to the Air Force game, the offenses are not that similar, but they are similar insofar as the option play-action stuff that they do has a kind of a designated deep threat receiver who doesn't do a whole lot else. That's Porter. He has 15 receptions for 263 yards, I want to say. Um, might be more than that. He's their big play guy. That's pretty much all he does. He's gonna go. He's gonna go down the field. Utah State can be, I think, pretty comfortable in just playing off man coverage on him and uh, not worrying about it. It's uh, that's that's pretty much what he does. Uh, Trey Hall is the starter opposite him on the outside. Former quarterback. He started in 2020 at quarterback and moved out wide either last season or this season. I don't remember exactly. He has not done a whole lot out there. He's got like two receptions this season. He's listed as a starter, but. They, they don't use him a whole lot. Um, and then Luke Wysong in the slot is the leading receiver for receptions with, I want to say, 21. But he's only gained like 200 yards on those 21 receptions. He's averaging, I think 8.3 yards per catch. He does a lot of his work behind the line of scrimmage and the stuff that he doesn't do behind the line of scrimmage, he does like four or five yards down the field. He, he's their quick hit guy. 
he is somebody who I would personally, if I was Utah State, probably just designate a corner to him um, and honestly maybe put a safety on Porter and just let him play over the top. Um, be, because I think that Song will run actual routes. They also use him a lot as their motion man for option looks. Uh, he is really sort of the weapon on the offense to most worry about, to most think about. I think he's probably the best player on the offense. They, they use him... They use him in a lot of ways, even if they don't use him in a lot of uh, super dangerous ways. It is not his fault that that is the case. He he would do a lot more in a better offense. He's a talented player. They just he doesn't have the ability to run routes down the field because they're not going to uh, throw the ball to him. That's that's basically what it is. They're trying to optimize what they have with him, and what they can do is basically screens and jet sweeps and, and using him as a pitch man and all of that stuff. Uh, you're going to see that. It's it's largely going to be that. From the receiving court, tight end Will Dennis and Elijah Queen are worth mentioning because they are playing on the team, but they don't do anything beyond that. They just block, uh, as does the offensive line, which has uh, currently, as it stands, projected four underclassmen starters, sophomore, sophomore, redshirt freshman, sophomore, and then senior Isaac Gutierrez. It's not a good group. It is bad for the same reasons it was bad last year, for the same reasons it was bad in 2020, for the same reasons, so on and so forth. Um, this offensive line for this program has not been good for a while, and it is still an issue here. That is the biggest problem that their offense has, is that the play design, honestly, is fine. The, a lot of the option stuff that they do, and I wrote the film preview on this this week, a lot of the option stuff that they do is really cool. It's really well-designed. They have interesting gap scheme stuff as wrinkles. They do some cool stuff with counterplays or fake counterplays, misdirection. I really like their approach to creating that pitch man with a motion receiver, usually Luke Wysong. Um, It's interesting. It's an interesting way to do it because when you come out with 11 personnel, uh, the defense is probably going to react with a six-man box, maybe a seven-man box, but probably a six-man box. Um, whereas if you come out in 21 personnel, the second halfback, uh, the defense generally will put seven in the box then, if not eight. Uh, they, they, will, they will react to that. But if you get to that 21 personnel with a wide receiver, motioning him into the backfield, there's a decent chance that the defense just won't react to that. And if they do, it's probably going to bring up a, a slot corner into the box or somebody who you don't really need to worry about. And so I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting approach that New Mexico is taking. And I think it does make sense and that, that a lot of their design is pretty good. It's just they, they can't block it. Um, honestly, it's kind of a bummer. They, they just fired a couple of weeks ago. They fired offensive coordinator, Derek Wareheim. Um, I hope he, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. Cause honestly, I don't think this is his fault. I, I, there is, there are issues with this offensive line with the, that, that are going to limit. I mean, you have Bill Walsh calling your plays. It's not going to matter. It's just not going to matter. They can't block anything. Um, I'm, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to just, I'm not trying to be dismissive here. They can't block anything. They can't do it. Uh, there were there are plays in the film this year. A lot of them, most of them, most of their plays are, I think, fairly well designed running plays. Things that should work. Things that uh, get the defense to react the way that they want it to. And then when it comes to actually making the play at hand, you will see a lot of quarterback makes the right read, goes to cut back, and is immediately swarmed by three defenders because they weren't blocked on the backside. The offensive line just needed to block them, and they didn't. 
Um, and you know, there's something to be said for finding workarounds for a bad offensive line, but there is a point where the offensive line becomes too bad to be worked around. And I think that that is the case with New Mexico. Uh, they will have their moments. They have moments of, of, of competency offensively. They will have a couple big plays probably you'll see in this game because they have those interesting wrinkles. But a lot of this offense is really held back by the fact that they just can't block for anything. They can't block for anything. They're, they're, the schemes could be, like I said, Bill Walsh. You could have the best offensive play callers of all time working together to create a system for these guys, and they just can't block it. It is what it is. They're not big enough. They're not strong enough. They're just they're just not a very good offensive line. It happens. Uh, it happens a lot at this level, specifically down at, at, at New Mexico. has had a lot of issues with this. You see this at New Mexico State. You see it at Texas State. You see it at a lot of schools in the MAC. It's just the very low levels of the G5, you get some really, really bad offensive lines, and that has been an issue for New Mexico for a while now, and it is an issue here. <clears throat> I would guess it is probably going to be the defining thing in this game because, as you all know from watching Utah State play this year, pretty good front six in uh, in Logan. Pretty good front six, even without MJ Tafisi. Don't think that they would have a whole lot of problems with this offensive line. I, I would... Uh, I would guess that it's probably going to be a pretty active day for Byron Vaughns, for Daniel Greshik, for Hale Motuapuaka, uh, for AJ Vongpachan. It's uh, it's a good week for them. <laughs> Watching the film for this one, I think you're you're maybe licking your lips, rubbing your hands together a little bit. If you're a defensive lineman for Utah State, or really just anyone on Utah State's defense, it's a uh, it's a good week for those guys. This is not not an offense with a whole lot else to offer. Rounding out the group at running back. Nate Jones and Sherrod White both probably both going to do a lot of work here. I believe Christian Washington, I want to say, is the third guy. He uh, he has seen playing time as well. I could be getting that name wrong. I don't have him on my little depth chart list. Um, but they will they will probably play with three. I think you'll probably see three. None of them stand out to me a ton. Nate Jones is the best of the bunch, but not by not by a whole lot. They'll use all three. They're pretty interchangeable. Uh, the offense is bad. It's it's a bad offense. If they if they score more than like ten points, it is it is probably a failure on Utah State's part because this offense is just not good. Can't pass the ball. Can't really do a whole lot of anything. Um, some interesting ideas, but they just don't have the horses to execute them defensively. They have a lot of interesting ideas, and they have found some horses to execute them. They have found some guys who I think play really well, um, especially young players. Impressive group of young players that they have here. I don't know where they found some of these guys, but they've managed to kind of from nothing generate a, a core of contributors who I think will be pretty valuable for them in the long term. And of course, Rocky Long, his uh, reputation kind of... I think precedes him. I don't think I don't know if I need to give a whole lot of background on Rocky Long. He is who he is. He's a very, very good football coach. Extremely good defensive football coach specifically. They are running his three three five, his three three stack, whatever you want to call it. Um, they disguise coverages really well. They will blitz from anywhere. They have very versatile players, guys who can play a whole lot of positions. Um, pretty much everybody beyond the defensive line can play any of the seven spots as needed. They, they really like to keep uh, a lot of uh, flexibility in their back seven, in their back eight, rather. Uh, you will see a lot of guys playing in positions that you wouldn't expect to see them in usually. You will see a lot of formational versatility. You will see a lot of adjusting to impact what Utah State is showing to change the pre-snap picture for Cooper Lega. 
Um, it's good. It's a good defense. You've probably seen Utah State play against a Rocky Long defense before. He's good at his job. He's very, very good at his job. Uh, up front here, the defensive line, not a, not really anything special for this group. The best part of the defense is in the secondary, in my opinion. The linebackers are pretty good, too. But um, they have struggled against the run, and I think it's largely because of this defensive line. Defensive end, it's Ian Shule and Justin Harris, currently listed as starters with Omar Darame and Jaden Phillips as the backups. I didn't hesitate on Phillips because I didn't know how to pronounce his name. I hesitated because I was about to cough. Um, None of these guys really have stood out to me a whole lot. They've had some injury issues, Phillips specifically, but uh, none of them are elite pass rushers or anything like that. None of them have uh, racked up big numbers. They just they're fine. They're 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 okay, I guess. Uh, and then in the middle, Jake Saltonstall is the starter, backed up by Bryce Santana. It's largely going to be Saltonstall. He was a lot better last year at nose tackle than he is this year, but I don't know. He could still turn it on at some point. I just it's been a disappointing year from him. I was expecting more from the senior. He was pretty good last year, honestly, and he has taken a step back, and that has really impacted the run defense. They needed him to be a lot better than he has been, and the responsibilities have fallen to the man immediately behind him, Dion Hunter, who was not supposed to be the starting middle linebacker this year. I believe he was the third man up at middle linebacker after they lost starters to injuries earlier on in the year. He has taken on the responsibilities about as well as you could hope for. He's been pretty good. Um, He is the biggest linebacker of the group, save for Sire Riley, who is not a starter. Um, But Deion Hunter, 6'2", 225, which tells you a decent amount about how the defense works, that he is the biggest biggest starting linebacker by 15 pounds, and he is one of only two who's above 220 pounds among the guys in the two deep. Riley is 235. Um, They like their linebackers to be able to move to to be able to move around, and he can do that. Uh, Even at his size, (laughs) say even at his size, 225 is not big for a linebacker, but he moves pretty well. He is the run stopper of the group. However, um, he's okay. He he's being asked to do too much, I think, at this point. But uh, he he has handled it, like I said, fairly well, about as well as you could hope for, honestly. Uh, Flanking him, we have Cody Moon, six two, two oh five, redshirt sophomore. Uh, trailed by Riley, who's sort of their their big-bodied linebacker. And then uh, Rico Hanna uh, on the other side, uh, who I think is probably one of the best players on the defense. These two can do a little bit of everything. They will do coverage assignments. They will take on, on things like that. They will stuff the run as needed. But largely, these are your edge rushers. Um, they... If there's going to be a pass rush in this game, it's probably going to come from 58 or 44, maybe 36 sometimes. But these guys will will edge up onto the line. They will bring pressure. I would guess that in this game, especially New Mexico, is going to bring a lot of pressure, um, specifically to stop the big plays from Utah State to uh, to try and take advantage of, of the longer developing passing plays, hopes of forcing underneath stuff and, and, and sort of grinding the game to a, to a standstill. Uh, I would guess that you're going to see a lot of 58 and 44 rushing the passer. It's going to be a big test for Utah State's offensive tackles. It's a test I think they can win, certainly. There's there's not a whole lot to deal with up front, and so it's not it's not the most difficult thing in the world. It would be a lot harder if they had a good defensive line, which they don't. But these linebackers, Hannah and Moon, are both very good, very talented players, impressive, uh, especially Moon, who's only a redshirt sophomore. I've been very impressed with him, but I think Hannah is 
better at this point, which makes sense because he's a redshirt senior. Um, Moving into the backfield at cornerback, A.J. Odoms is the established starter, sophomore. He's been fine this year. He's not a true number one, but he wasn't supposed to be anyway. Uh, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. I'm not looking at it, but their number one starter coming into the season was hurt recently and is not listed on the depth chart this week. Uh, instead, opposite Odoms listed as the starter is Bryson Taylor, freshman who has gotten the start the last two weeks. Um, could also see Zach Morris, who started against Fresno State in place of Odoms. Odoms is expected to be back. They need him back because you don't want two freshman cornerbacks starting against Utah State. They're not the best receivers in the world, but they will take advantage of that. Um, Odoms is okay. Taylor is very, very young, very green. I would expect that Utah State is going to try and pick on him early and often. New Mexico would really like to have that starting cornerback back again I, I should I should just look up his name but I'm not going to um, it's in my preview just go read the preview it's in there uh, in the deep secondary you've got the left wolf and the right wolf surrounding the Lobo uh, these are your safeties left wolf is Ronald Wilson sophomore uh, very impressive he's been very good for them this year he has stepped up a whole lot he is he's a pretty small guy 510 185 but he moves really well he handles a lot of the coverage stuff for them. He is very, very good. Very good player. I am excited to see what he can do moving forward. Um, at right wolf, Jarek Reed second is a senior. You have likely seen him around. He's been here for a while. Trailed by Jamarius Lewis, who has been impressive as a freshman. Uh, Reed can do a little bit of everything. I would compare him favorably to somebody like Hunter Reynolds. I think that he can do... He's sort of just a, a really steady force in the back of this defense. Uh, tied for the lead with um, with Halsey, who I've not talked about yet, A.J. Halsey, and maybe Cody Moon for tackles. I, I'm saying this off the top of my head. I think it might be Cody Moon. I think they all have 61 tackles. But anyway, Reed is up there with... with uh, he, he's tied for the lead in tackles on this team. He is very good. Uh, both safeties are very good. And then in the middle, the Lobo, A.J. Halsey, who I referenced earlier... Um, I'm really excited about what this kid is going to be able to do in his career. He's a freshman, 5'11", 220 pounds. He has been pushed into this role after an injury to the multi-year starter. Again, name I don't have off the top of my head. This is a different guy than the one who was playing outside cornerback. Um, And Halsey has been every bit as good, if not better. He is an All-American level guy down the road. He's probably an all-conference level guy this year. He is fantastic he's fantastic it's really impressive to watch him play he kind of works as their adjuster they use him in the middle of the defense but he does a little bit of everything he can step into the box he's usually the first guy to step into the box as needed if they go need to go up to seven he can rush uh off the edge he can handle coverage assignments he can fix whatever problem rocky long is having basically he is their adjustment player um he is spectacular. That he's doing this as a freshman is extremely impressive. He's a very, very good player. Number 24. Keep an eye on number 24. He's very good. Um, other than that, defensively, I, they're they're pretty strong. They're pretty strong. They're not amazing. It's not a San Diego State defense. It's not a, a prime Rocky Long defense. But it is. That's just that's a lack of uh, of talent. And they've had some some injury issues. They've got inexperience. But for what they have, for the talent level that they have, they are an impressive defense. That they are able to be as competent as they are defensively is 
impressive. They're better against the pass than they are against the run. They really could use more of a pass rush than they have. I don't imagine that they're going to find more of it against Utah State. Utah State's been pretty good about protecting its quarterbacks. Wyoming game uh, notwithstanding, I'll say. Uh, And I, I think that... Ultimately, I think the prediction I went with, I can't remember the exact score, was like 35 to 10, 34 to 10, something like that. Uh, Utah State, that still feels about right to me. I think that New Mexico's defense is good enough to get off the field a couple times to maybe force a turnover or two and keep it respectable, I guess. Um, but that offense just can't, honestly, just can't keep up. It's just not going to. It, it, uh, it Unless Utah State is really struggling with turnovers, like four or five turnovers, this is just, this offense at New Mexico is just not good enough, I don't think, to stay in the game. I would guess that this is a get-right game for Utah State, a chance to bounce back after a tough emotional loss against Wyoming. Coming out of the bye week, get a big win. Um, would be the first blowout win of the season. We'll see about that. Makes me a little nervous predicting it that there has not been one yet, but these guys are not great. I think that Utah State was probably going to blow out Colorado State if not for the Lega injury anyway. Um, and I feel pretty much the same way about this. If everybody stays healthy, I think Utah State should roll. Uh, my my prediction, I believe, is 34-10 to 10 Utah State. I'll stick with that. 34-10 feels about right to me. Uh, so Utah State would advance to, would that be 4-5? and five? Is that right? I think that's right. I think it'd be four and five. Um, yeah, yeah, four and five. Uh, and continues to need a lot of help in the Mountain West, but would be still on track for a bowl game. Can't lose this one, obviously. This would be this would be a bad one to lose. This would be a very bad one to lose for the race for bowl eligibility. Um, other than that, I will uh, I will talk to you all for the recap and also for the uh, first. I'm trying to figure out what order, what 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 format I want to do this in. Uh, what should be the first weekly preview of uh, the the first weekly basketball talk? I guess is probably how I'm going to do it for for podcast form. Once we get into basketball season, is uh, I I think I'll probably just every week uh, we'll we'll all uh, we'll all huddle up here. We'll all huddle around the uh, the the radio, um, and I'm going to talk about previewing the games to come that week for the men's and women's basketball team and then when there are games to talk about recapping those games discussing those results that we've seen in the last week um i think that's probably going to be the best way to do it to keep me from um spending all of my time recording basketball podcasts uh these if you haven't noticed are just me and it can be kind of taxing to sit down and record for an hour an hour when it's just you and so i'm going to try and uh, try and keep those to uh, to a, a regular frequency of about once per week, um, and so we should have I should have the first one of those this upcoming probably Monday. We'll see when I have time for it. Going to be a busy couple of days. I will figure it out as I go. Appreciate you all sticking with me, being patient. I appreciate your support. If you support the Ag Ship financially, greatly appreciate that. If you don't, but you'd like to, www.theagship.com will get you where you need to go. Um, should be maybe some, uh, some, some specials coming up here shortly if you have not subscribed but are interested in subscribing. So stay tuned for those. Uh, and until that recap and until that basketball talk, uh, I guess just, I don't, I don't know. I have nothing to leave you with. I'll see you all then.